but a rush. Yeah, you guessed it. I'm the fantasy manager of the Doomsday Device and the Legion of Doom Fantasy Football League. I'm Ben McCarthy, the greatest 0-3 team in the history of fantasy football. But I'm not here to talk about fantasy football, about how bald Adam Graham is, to cut promos, or how bad even his trades are. No, I'm here to talk about the Plowball Radio Podcast. Find us on Google Play, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, wherever you get your podcast. We talk about Jesus Christ, we talk about theology, we talk about scripture, we talk about church culture, and we even talk about other things. Bradley rants about who knows what, Derek talks about food, and they're really good food takes, believe it or not. And yeah, sometimes I even like to bring up some wrestling. And we even look at memes and stuff, and we post it on our social media page, just what you need to follow. So yeah, come check us out. Leave a like, share it, and I hope you enjoy our podcast. And I just want to appreciate Marcus and BJ for allowing me to advertise on their podcast, even though I'm the greatest dynasty manager of all time. So yeah, for all of our league mates that are listening to this, well, you know what's going to happen. You're going to fall to the doomsday device. Welcome to the Legacy of Legends, the Dynasty Podcast. Join the Legacy of Legends team as we talk about the ins and outs of fantasy football, specifically from a Dynasty perspective. Our purpose is to help you make the moves to leave your mark and establish a legacy in your Dynasty League. And welcome. My name is BJ Kent, and I'm joined by my co-host, Marcus Raper. What's up, Marcus? Howdy. How you liking uh, recording during the Braves game in the World Series right now, man? Well, I'm just going to be honest to you, if I'm little distracted i've got the got the phone propped up next to the laptop and enjoying this 5-1 lead at the moment so if, you know the astros hit a home run or something i may scream and holler so i got you man you have, have to look over me hey it's, it's perfectly fine man it's that one time what'd you say since 1999 the braves are in the world series so you do you uh so anyways man what's been going on in your life this past week anything important been going on man not really uh as as usual, just taking the kids back and forth in ball games, uh, getting ready for the weekend. Uh, we're gonna take the boys to Top Golf uh, for their birthdays. So we'll hang out, and I think we're, we're gonna go to Huntsville Saturday and, and do that. So just really trying to get through all the sporting events. Uh, Greg's last last football games coming up this weekend, and then they well the last regular season they go to go to playoffs. I think we got to play Amory or Aberdeen. So. I don't know if they're looking forward to that, but, uh, man, that's about it. What you been up to? Ah, man, pretty much the same thing. Uh, speaking of going to playoffs and stuff, I know uh, Mintachi's probably pretty excited to go to playoffs after that drought that's been the past couple of years, you know. Uh, but, yeah, man, my life has been pretty much the same thing. Been busy at work, uh, been busy at the church, getting stuff together for this fall fest coming up this weekend, you know, the Halloween festivities and all that. Uh, at work this week, we have to dress up as RBTs for the kids with autism. And so the costume I'm going with is a high school football coach because I figure that is the easiest thing to do. Just throw on a polo. I asked Derek if I could borrow his visor. Uh, the only difference between me and him is I'll have hair shown out of mine. Uh, and then after that, I got me a little whistle and a clipboard. So it's probably the easiest costume I've ever came up with. Uh, but other you don't. You gonna th- throw your clipboard in the like in the air? Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. I'm just gonna throw it up and give the the touchdown symbol. You know, whenever there something you go. good happens. 
I'm yeah, sure for, for Corral even releases the ball, Kiffin's got the clipboard in there. I mean, hey, man. Was, he was doing the same thing with two a couple years back. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, Fisson be doing the same thing with LSU more than likely. So, hey, man, I, I want to hear your take on that later on. Uh, <clears throat> but before we get started, I just want to take this time and thank the listeners for tuning in and helping us grow, man. Uh, each and every week, we seem to be finding a couple of new listeners and stuff. So, we just want to thank y'all for that. Thank y'all for y'all's support. Uh, follow us over on Facebook at Legacy of Legends, the Dynasty Podcast. Also on Twitter at LOL Dynasty Pod, stands for Legacy of Legends, not Laugh Out Loud. Uh, also you can uh, check us out on all platforms, whatever you listen to, give us a follow, give us a like, whatever it is y'all do give us a good review. Uh, also we want to take this time and thank our second favorite podcast, Plowboy radio. You know, we got to say second favorite because we're the first favorite. Uh, we want to shout them out real quick for the kind words, every single episode they have for us. I know we're supposed to be recording a commercial for them, but, uh, Ben's helped us out there. So we appreciate that. Uh, so shout out to Ben, Derek and Bradley for the love. If you guys are looking for a good podcast to unwind after a busy day and hear some hilarious dudes, give some good sound theological points, check them out. Uh, one thing I can say is that you won't be disappointed. Uh, they had an episode a couple of weeks ago where they talked about public restrooms, and I don't think I've ever laughed as loud about a podcast as I did that week. Uh, but check and, them out and if you like, like if you liked our take on the on the football uh, wrestlers and the football roster. Ben and Ben and Bradley doing an excellent job of talking about the AEW roster and uh, some of those guys I didn't even know who there was. Uh, ben and Bradley's wrestling minds, man, you got to got to go listen to that episode because they nailed that. They do. And uh, also, we want to thank another podcast is Jab Step, a fantasy basketball podcast. Our friend Ben, who's on Plowboy Radio, and actually we may be hearing from here pretty soon. Uh, He has started a fantasy basketball podcast. This is called Jab Step. Jab Step. Uh, It's a good podcast that Ben does solo. It is just a week-by-week recap of the matchups. He talks about the league that he just started that I'm in, and I think our our other league mate, Adam Graham, is in as well. So y'all go check that out if you're into basketball. Uh, One thing I can say is I don't give a crap about basketball, but Ben makes me care, so I appreciate that. Uh, so going forward in today's episode, we will have our review of our week seven must start must sits. That's always a crowd favorite. Uh, we will, after that, we will welcome in a special guest. Then we'll go over our week eight start sit of the week. We'll let our special guest come in and check that out as well. After that, we'll go over our Legion of Doom week seven matchup recap. And then we have a fun segment called a blast from the past. And we'll save that to the very end. So Marcus, this past week, man, I'm just going to throw this out there. It was a dumpster fire, okay? Uh, If you played fantasy football, all teams were on bye weeks, it seemed like. All good teams, at least. And so what we'll do later on, we'll talk about which teams were on bye and stuff like that. But, Marcus, I want you to just sit back for a minute, man. Let me handle this must-start review real fast. And let me just say this. We bombed. Uh, We both chose two wide receivers from the same team in a matchup against the Carolina Panthers secondary. You chose New York Giants rookie sensation Kadarius Tony, and I chose the vet Sterling Shepard. Listen to me here, audience. If you had either one of those on your team, you may have realized that they were inactive due to some lingering injuries. If you started them, shame on you. Uh, Tony suffered an ankle injury and didn't practice all week. Shep had a lingering hamstring injury and was actually a game-time decision, which proved to be an inactive status. So if you're not aware, let me just throw this out there as like a little side note. We report, we record our podcast on Tuesday nights. 
So we have to make our best guess despite injuries and mispractices. Uh, actually, Marcus was going to choose for his must-start this week, Alan Lazard. And if you are caught up with the information today and things like that, then you know that he just caught COVID. So he changed it real, real quick and in a hurry. And so with that being said, we're going to take an L in this section, and we're just going to keep on moving forward. Did I cover that pretty good, Marcus? Yeah, because I even give you a secondary to start Alex Collins, and he did play, and he sucked. I think he had six <laughs> points. So if you and I kept listing people, and I think everybody that I listed ended up, you know, just crapping on it. <laughs> so <laughs> hey, man, this, like I said, this this segment is more for humor than it is to actually give you advice on who to sit and start on your team because apparently me and BJ know nothing. Exactly. You wait. I'm going, I'm going to pick Joe Burrow this week and just see what happens. <laughs> now, so, Marcus, let's talk about who your must-sit was. How'd that turn out for you, speaking of humor? Uh, again, uh, Corey Davis was my, my must-sit. Uh, he, was, he was going up against a tough defense. He ended up going four for 47. And if Davis would have sit at that, he would have been a disappointment. But, of course, he goes out, he catches a touchdown, so he outperformed his projections. Uh, I think going forward, uh, he, was, uh, he was already touchdown dependent. Uh, but I had this in my notes as well with Mike White going forward. Uh, he's going to be very touchdown dependent. But, of course, I think they're uh, on the verge of signing Flacco. And uh, I think if they do, that's probably going to put Corey Davis's value through the roof. Yeah, they actually just uh, they traded for Flacco, I think, today. or Traded for Flacco, won. yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, he is now a New York Jet, so I'm sure that he's yeah. happy from going from the Eagles to the Jets. He's um, he's only happy because they're paying him. That's probably right. Uh, sounds like a Blake Bortles take. And so uh, my must-sit review was Khalil Herbert. Now, you got to listen to my reasoning here because I had good reasons for this. But Khalil Herbert went out and scored at you 18 fantasy points. That's my must-sit. Uh, he rushed for 18 times for 100 yards, and he caught five passes out of the backfield for 33 yards receiving. Now, my method here was, is I expected Damian Williams to be the starter. Uh, he was actually on the COVID list early last week, ended up becoming active on Saturday from the COVID R list. Uh, however, it's looking like Herbert is going to end up being the fill-in starter while Montgomery's out for the next week or so with that knee injury. Uh, I've actually read a couple of beat writers uh, in Chicago on Twitter who are now saying that Herbert is climbing the depth chart, and he's actually looking to secure that RB2 position under Montgomery even when he comes back. Uh, so, honestly, we'll see how that goes. Uh, I know on Fantasy Twitter, Dynasty Twitter, there are tons of people talking about Herbert. Um, so, man, he looked good against whoever they played. But uh, I'm I'm anxious to see how that turns out as far as late-round values go. I've actually got Herbert on one of my taxi squads, and I'm debating on whether to whether to pull him off or not. Uh, I'm kind of kind of weak at running back in that league, so I need, uh, need a little help. But I'm afraid when Montgomery gets back, it's not going to be worth wasting that that roster spot. But I think Herbert's definitely somebody you need to go after in Dynasty. Yeah, I think you can get him for pretty cheap right now, honestly. Uh, Depends on if someone like Adam Graham has him and values him. Nothing's nothing's cheap with Adam. (laughs) Uh, Except for his haircut. So, going into our special guest introduction for the week. Uh, This week, we wanted to bring in a special friend of the show. This guy is a super active in fantasy football. He started the first dynasty league that me and Marcus ever joined and were a part of. He is a current host of two podcasts, Plowboy Radio Podcast and Jab Step, a fantasy basketball podcast. 
He's a good friend of Marcus and mine. He's a fellow church member and lover of all things Jesus. Let me introduce you to Benjamin Lee McCarthy. What's up, Ben? What's going on, guys? I appreciate so, the kind words, best friend one and best friend two. Nah, so I was about to say, how was that intro? Did I miss anything out of there? Well, you gave me a lot better intro than my other co-hosts, Bradley and Derek. So I appreciate the kind words, though. You know, I figure you don't get enough of those. Instead, it's just like, all right, Bill. No, like Derek's like daddy, and daddy was gone last episode, so we, me and Bradley got to talk wrestling and do stuff that's fun for once. But when daddy's back, which daddy is, oh, he's going to be back. You know, we got to go back to doing things the, the normal way. So it's like daddy's not here right now, so I could talk to you guys about football and stuff and not See? not be frowned upon. So it's there cool. You go. And Derek, if you're listening to this podcast, man, I've been trying to get you on this podcast, and you're still talking junk over there at Plowboy Radio. So we're going to have to get you on to get these takes since you're on like a, what, a two, three-game win streak so far? We have, we have to wait until he gets on about a three-game losing streak and then, then let him come on and show his bribe, anger. You can bribe him with Halloween candy. That's what I've heard. He loves oh. candy corn. Dude, he is one of those weirdos that loves it. Oh, so nasty. Which I can't, I can't say much. I like it from time to time, but after about three pieces, I'm done. I like the pumpkins, but they're not really – they don't taste any different. They just look different. I get that. All right. So, Ben, before we get started, man, our new segment are going forward in our uh, in our must start, must sits of the week. Uh, we wanted you to be a part of it. We, we're going to ask you some questions real quick, just like we ask all of our guests. All right. So, hot take real fast. Uh, number one, when did you start playing fantasy football? Uh, it's been years ago. I think I started in high school. Like I was uh, – to be, to be quite honest with you, I really wasn't into watching a lot of football. The reason I kind of started fantasy football was because I played too much Madden growing up. And so I was so invested in these franchise players and stuff in my my dynasty league or whatever it is on the Madden game. And then all of a sudden I'm like, you know what? You know, what about this fantasy football? And Pat, my cousin Pat was telling me about it. And that's kind of how it kind of started from there. That how the addiction started, that is. Nice. And so I know uh, that's kind of like me as well. I will say this shout out to Ben for being former, basically a church Madden champion. Uh, I know there's not a lot of us that fall into that category. So you're, you're looking at two Madden champions right here. Yeah. From fellow Madden champion to another. It's, it's <laughs> a pleasure. It's been nice, man. Hey, if anybody's going to best me, I'd rather it be you and me get ticked off whenever I get beat. Do you, do you want to tell that story? <sighs> yeah. So, all right. Look, I've always been really good at Madden. Uh, now back like when I was junior high, high school, I wasn't that great, but then getting older, uh, I neglected my wife sometimes and played Madden a pretty good bit. And so for a church fundraiser, we ended up doing Madden tournaments. And I think I won what, like two or three years in a row, a row, uh, ended up getting a gold Xbox 360 controller, which was pretty awesome. Uh, but we ended up playing, uh, when was it? Two years ago, right? Uh, we played two years ago at Club 363 here in Mantachi, and uh, we got there, and I was like, oh, yeah, man, I got this in the bag, and ended up playing, meeting Ben in, uh, I want to say, the second or third round there after getting a couple of wins, and Ben came in into this Madden tournament with a black hoodie on, with his hood up, with earphones in. I think he was jamming out to NF, and you could just tell when he came in that, you know, probably shouldn't mess with this guy today. Uh, ben came out and run ruled me in the first half. Uh, I remember not knowing what in the world he was doing, but he knew every one of my plays. I think he was screen cheating, but uh, he was just really good <laughs> at it. And uh, I took that L on the chin. Ben, yeah, ben, I, 
didn't you Go use ahead. the Seattle in that game? And I, th- I, I think I remember you picking BJ off of the Griffin that that has only got the one hand. And I made a joke. I said, BJ, you just got took to the house single handedly or something. BJ just kind of turned and give me those eyes like, shut up. Well, BJ hit a long pass play. And I thought he was going to make the uh, rule where we wasn't going to have to quit at halftime. And lo and behold, out of nowhere, a guy comes outside of the screen and hits him at the one. He fumbles. And I'm talking about he just got – he was done after that. Like, he said, I'm out. He, he threw the controller in there, and he's like, I'm done with this. And he just stormed out. <laughs> it was just a wild play. It was hilarious. I wish we could – I wish we could record those moments, So. Cause I, I, I can't imagine how stupid I look with the, uh, with the black hoodie and the headphones on playing the Madden tournament. But hey, anyway, man, it, was, it was at that time. moment, it was at that moment that I knew that I needed to sell all my T Y Hilton shares in fantasy football. <laughs> uh, uh, so Ben, when did you specifically get into dynasty football? Well, I listened to a lot of podcasts just like you all do. And, uh, I was hearing a lot about dynasty football. And everybody was really hot and bothered by the sleeper app and saying this was the best place to do it. And at one time, I think we started our league on Flea Flea Flicker, if I could even say it right. And I'm like, eh, let's try sleeper. And wow, we were really addicted from the start. If it wasn't for a couple of bad owners, we would probably still have that league today. So that's kind of how it started from there. Yep, and uh, that's the league that we mentioned earlier that me and Marcus were first in. That's kind of what gave us our love for Dynasty. So, Ben, uh, how many leagues are you currently in right now, man? Ooh, I'm in five. It's too many. I get that. I know me and Marcus, I think we're what we're in what, like nine and eight, something like that? No, I'm in six, I think. Okay, I'm in nine, and five of those are yes dynasties. Way. And, dude, yeah, it's, I it, think, gets, it gets overwhelming. I think Adam, yeah, I think Adam was in eight. <clears throat> yeah, I'm in this league. I'm in our redraft league. I'm in a Foot Clan dynasty league, which is pretty competitive. I'm – Actually, six and one in it, which is shocking nice. compared to my score now or my 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 record in our league. But uh, I'm also in a Megla Bowl with Adam. I don't know how in the world it happened. Like out of all the people, all the thousands and thousands of people, I think there was like over eighty thousand people. Me and Adam get in the same lobby, and uh, he's already conspiring. He's already like, hey, if one of us is out, <laughs> let's just load our other team. So, no. <laughs> No, we're not doing that. I'm. I have too much pride. And then uh, I'm in my office league, which is pretty competitive. I, I think I've told you all about that league, and uh, it's not going well for me this year. But I've won it twice, and I know it's helped funded some of our mission trips. It was. It's a pretty big money league. Our office league is. So, but, no. yeah. I mean, five five leagues. Still too many. No, nah, man. I get it. Trust me. That's like if you're. It's one of those things I think Ron Swanson said it best. Don't don't half butt two things. Instead, whole butt one. And so, uh, being talking about dynasty football and stuff, man, what's your holy grail of trades? The one trade that you made in fantasy football that tops all others? Well, I don't really have a trade that really, like I just benefited on so well, if that makes sense. But the one I do remember was in that dynasty league we were in. Do you remember the haul that I got for Christian McCaffrey with Derek? Oh, yeah. Like, it was like two or three first-round picks. I know I got Aaron Jones, uh, James Conner, and I think I got somebody else, too, but all for Christian McCaffrey. And I think everybody was, like, dropping stuff in the chat when that trade went down. No, oh, yeah, it was one of those things where I remember, like, you know, Christian McCaffrey was going to be, like, a beast then. Still the number one running back now. But then I remember seeing them and being like, Ben, what are you doing? 
because it was like our first year in Dynasty. But then after seeing it and stuff, it ended up being a, a really good trade. Well, uh, I mean, Derek's team looked really loaded that year, and Christian McCaffrey got hurt for him. I remember being in Africa, and I beat him in the first – or actually, I beat him in the playoffs, and I ended up playing you in the first round and got smoked. But uh, it was pretty funny because Derek's like, oh, I'm in. I'm in. I said, eee! I kept looking at it on the airport. I said, I don't I don't think you're going to make it, buddy. And, uh, yeah, he was he was thinking there was some conspiracy going on that he got cheated or something like that. But, <laughs> anyway, it was it was pretty funny. I, gotta, I think I, I got, went I – th- I think I went one loss through – the regular season and playoffs, and then BJ beating you for the championship. Yeah. Is that that league? That is that league. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got the I got the there's trade. Com- there's one common there's one common theme is BJ. BJ always seems to win. How does it happen? I don't know. Nobody has is in the Illuminati. That's that's what it is. Oh. Yeah, uh, I got the trade pulled up right mm. here though, Ben. Uh, you ended up getting or uh, you ended up trading away McCaffrey and Will Disley, and ended up getting Darren Waller. James Conner, Aaron Jones, a 2020 first-round pick, a 2020 second-round pick, and a 2021 second-round pick. So, good haul, man. Oh, I won that trade. Dude. I mean, you got you know you know how trades are. There's always a winner and a loser. There's never two winners. There's never just two losers. There's a winner and a loser. And that one was – I mean, Darren Waller was in that too? Yeah, man. So, uh, real quick, speaking – Speaking of losers during trades, what's the one trade that haunts you to this day? What's the one that you regret making? Oh my goodness, I could I, I remember it like it was yesterday, my fellow friends. It was uh it was really devastating. It cost me probably like three to four hundred dollars, to be honest with you. Uh I was in a league with a couple of my friends and uh I ended up having a guy from the office join at the last minute, but he put in some money. And this is like a three or four hundred dollar pot at the end. Well, anyway, me and him made a trade. I traded uh, Ty Gurley, who was a rookie, who was struggling starting out, for Rob Gronkowski, who was established. You know, he was a top five receiver in that aspect, points wise. And everybody in that league, like I remember Cassidy, Pat, there was all sorts of people in that league, and they were telling me how I screwed this person. And just his name, his nickname in our office is Murder. And uh, everybody's like, oh, you just took this guy to town and blah, blah, blah. Well, that next, that same week when I made the trade, Gronkowski goes out for the year. And then Ty Gurley ends up having one of the best rookie campaigns you could imagine. And he ends up going undefeated and wins the championship with that roster. And he won three, four hundred dollars. And then, you know, of course, I got in the chat. It's like, oh, I guess I won that trade, guys. What happened there? You know, <laughs> and uh yeah, it, it broke my heart because I end up getting somewhere in the playoffs and losing to him, losing to Ty Gurley. All right, so moving into our must-start for week eight and our must-sit for week eight. Uh, I know that we'll probably end up getting this wrong, but, hey, it's always nice to have opinions, huh? And so, Marcus, who's your must-start for week eight? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Gainwell from uh, from the Eagles. Uh, Sanders looks to be out with an ankle injury, and they're playing the Lions, which is always good for fantasy if you're going up against Detroit. Uh, I think Gainwell, I remember, you know, being an Ole Miss fan running all over the old Miss defense, uh, the dude's got the stuff. Uh, and if Sanders stays out, which they say right now, he's week to week. Of course, like we said, we're recording on a Tuesday. He could jump back into practice and that could change. But if Sanders stays out uh, for this week, I definitely would uh, would start gain well. Yeah, and if you're a Sanders manager, you might want to look for other options there. 
uh, especially in redraft. You may want to look to see if Kenneth Gainwell is on the waiver wire there. Uh, so my must start for the week is going to be Michael Pittman. Uh, I've been watching him for the past couple of weeks with Indianapolis, especially with T.Y. Hilton being out. And, man, Pittman's showing out this year. He's been a breakout candidate. Uh, he's facing the Tennessee Titans secondary this week at home. He's currently sitting actually as a wide receiver 20 on the year, which really surprised me. And he's looking to be Carson Wentz's favorite target as of late. Uh, he's having a breakout year, and I honestly, this is a bold take, man, and I hate to put numbers on it, but I'm expecting at least 12 points from him against the Titans this week. All right, Ben, who's your must start for the week, man? I like, the, I like this take here. Well, give me one second. I'm taking Michael Pittman out of my lineup in my other league real quick. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding, oh, guys. Uh, just kidding. I'm just kidding. Love Michael Pittman. Love Michael Keaton. Uh, I'm going with KJ Osborne. Uh, this was kind of out of the box, but I was kind of looking at these Vegas lines, and I'm seeing that this Vikings Dallas Cowboys game it could be a shootout. I know the, you know, the over and under is 52, which I'm going to take the over. I think the way Kirk Cousins is slinging it, it's yep. wild. But but my pick is KJ Osborne. Uh, if anybody's been keeping up with Dallas, uh, Trevion Diggs has been unbelievable, leading the league in yeah, interceptions yeah. and whatnot. And I, I think Jordan Lewis and uh, Anthony Brown at corner uh, are not just the best option. So if you play the odds game, it's either, you know, I figure it's going to be either Thielen or or Osborne. And I, I like Osborne's chances uh, against this Cowboys secondary in that aspect. And I think Kirk Cousins is playing super well right now. And it's only a you know, it looks like a two-point difference in the score right now is what they're projecting projecting in Vegas. So, it could be just a back-and-forth game. So, look for K.J. Osborne to have a big game if you're in a pinch. I almost went Miles Gaskin, and I know he's going up against Buffalo. Uh, but I'm for Gaskins to have a big week, too. <laughs> I'm bringing him up here shortly, Marcus. I'm sure he will. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I see that. I see that. Okay. Marcus, who's your, who's your must-sit for the week? Uh, not only my must sit, but my must sell, my must drop, my must erase from your fantasy football team is Mike Davis. Uh, I drafted him in three or four different leagues, and he is single-handedly burnt every one of my fantasy football teams. Uh, Patterson's the guy going forward. Don't start Mike Davis. Uh, so what I'm hoping by saying this is I've got to start him in about two <laughs> leagues, so maybe he'll have 37 points this week. Hey, man, reverse psychology, it works. <laughs> uh, I, I haven't heard you be more passionate at, when you speak about Mike Davis than any other fantasy football player I've ever heard you talk about, except for Saquon Barkley. I heard you get passionate about him, too. But Mike Davis, I, I like your hatred for him. It's pretty, it's nice. Like, that would be one of those deals, you know, you ever meet a celebrity and you're, like, awestruck, and I'd be like, dude, you suck. <laughs> what, what, what's wrong with you? I feel the hatred. I feel the hatred. I get it. Uh, he, so, he actually helped me win last year when he was with Carolina. I'd picked him up after McCaffrey got hurt, and he actually helped me win uh, uh redraft league. So, so th this marriage, this marriage between you and uh, you and Mike Davis, y'all had a good time dating, but now yeah. when things are getting real, you're you're ready to bail ship on Mike. Is that what uh, you're he, saying? He he bailed on me. <laughs> oh, okay. he, he left me in a very hard place. Man, oh. Mike, jeez. <laughs> Way to go, Mr. Davis. Yeah. Oh, uh, so uh, a guy that Marcus just mentioned that he's really great, like wanting to start this week, somebody that I'm wanting to sit is Miles Gaskin, the gas man, as the fantasy footballers call him. Uh, 
I looked at his stats this week, man, and he has been inconsistent pretty much all season long. Uh, he did just come off of a 17-point uh, game against Atlanta's terrible defense, but once again, it was Atlanta. Uh, but this week, he actually plays at Buffalo against one of the best rush defenses in the league. Uh, I'm actually expecting Buffalo to come out pretty big against the Dolphins. Uh, and so when they do that, he may get a couple points through PPR, sure, coming out of the backfield. But if I've got him as my RB2, RB3, even a flex option, uh, I think there's probably better options out there. Go look at, for like a Kenneth Gainwell. Go look for uh, a Williams uh, from the Kansas City Chiefs. Find somebody there that, that has RB1, RB2 potential. I'll tell you what, what done it for me with him, though, if, if y'all have seen uh, Malcolm Brown went on IR yesterday. Yeah, I saw that. And they've been kind of splitting, splitting touches. So now – I don't know who the third guy is in Miami. I mean, I don't keep up with them. Uh, but Gaskins is their only option. So if they're Laird. Gonna... Laird, oh, yeah, Patrick, Patrick Laird. Laird. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, nah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, Gaskins is the man. Uh, he, he's He's got to show up this week. So you may be right. Uh, That's what we need to start doing, Marcus. You pick the same person for must start. I'll pick the same person for must sit. And one of us is going to get it right. That's well, the that's only it. way we're going to be right. It sounds like Marcus dumped Mike Davis for Miles Gaskin in his relationship, his friendship. I would trade him for Miles Gaskin in a heartbeat. He tra- oh, hey. would you? Yes. Man, if it, okay. If anybody wants to trade, trade me Miles Gaskin for Mike Davis, it's a you done can, deal. You can bank on Mike Davis getting you 10 points. It ain't going to be nothing flashy. It's just going to be 10 points. So This this week, he got me one point. <laughs> okay. He uh, I, Did I say 10? I meant one. One. <laughs> No, he, 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 he's usually done, you know, he's done pretty good in the past, but I'm telling you, they get to the goal line, and what do you do? You hand the ball to a receiver. You've got a 225, 30-pound running back, and you hand the ball to a receiver. I mean, I just it, – it, maybe it's not even Mike Davis. Maybe it's it's Atlanta's offensive coordinator. I mean, what – Maybe what it's just think? Atlanta. That's a waste of money. That's a waste <laughs> of money. They paid that man. As long as their football team don't interfere with their baseball team, I'm okay right now. <laughs> uh, so, Ben, who's your must-sit for the week? I like uh, – this is a, a nice take right here. Uh, my must-sit is Antonio Gibson. Uh, I've got him in a, a league or so, which in our dynasty league, actually, Robbie offered me uh, a first-round pick in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for Antonio Gibson. And I was one of the biggest Antonio Gibson supporters, and I could not pass that trade up. So, uh, but anyway, Antonio Gibson, he's hurt. I mean, it's, it's clear by his shins, his ankles, his, his heart is probably, is probably broken as well. Um, so, and, and to go along with that, they're just not a good team this year. They, they don't have anything going for them. Uh, they're playing against Denver, which I know Denver has looked kind of weak at defense, but expect them to bounce back. They're just too talented on defense. And regardless, if they're down, They've shown at this past year and even last year that if if Gibson's hurt or if they're down a lot, they're just going to let McKissick play. They're just going to throw the ball to him. Yep. So, and that's yep. Uh, I actually got that same decision to make there in another league. I've got uh, Gibson as my RB2 and with Christian McCaffrey as my RB1, so really Gibson's my RB1. But uh, I had to make the decision this past week to either play or this coming up week to either play Gibson against Denver or choose Damian Harris against the Jets, I think is who uh, the Patriots are playing. Was that, was that last week? That was last week. And so I, I think I ended up going Damian Harris, and it played out for me. 
But, All right, uh, Mark. All right, BJ. I, who, who, do, who, who do you start, uh, Mike Davis or Antonio Gibson this week? I've actually got that decision to make. <laughs> who do you start, BJ? As far as me, man, uh, I hate I hate even saying this, but I'm going Gibson. I know he's hurt. Wow. I, okay. I my thing is, man, I'm a Gibson truther. I think you start McKissick over Gibson this week. <sighs> yeah, I can I can see that actually. I think you start Mike Davis. I mean, he's getting more in volume. He's going to have the guaranteed volume. I mean, he's going to get 15 carries. It may not do much with him, but that's 15 carries. Gibson, I had him two weeks ago, and he was out in the first quarter and didn't play no more. I'd rather mm-hmm. I'd rather get burnt with 15 carries than nothing with one carry. Uh, yeah, man, but I, I like Gibson as far as the IC purposes go. Uh, me and Marcus were talking about that Aaron Jones, Antonio Gibson trade that him and Robbie made. And like me, we talked about, I think Robbie probably wins it as far as this season goes. Uh, dynasty wise, though, um, I got Gibson over Jones by a pretty good bit. In dynasty, I think. I think Fitzpatrick coming back pretty soon is going to help that out, though. Hopefully, he comes back soon. That's that's it. That's what their their whole offense is on Fitzpatrick. Uh, I mean Heineke, uh, he's you know he's he's a lover of Brett Favre, so I got to give him a little credit. Uh, but other than that, he ain't got much going for him. Uh, he's not a, a NFL quarterback, and after Fitzpatrick comes back, you know, barring injury, he he probably won't ever start in the NFL again. Uh, well, you think about it. Does anybody want to watch the football team right now anyway? But when Fetrick, Fitzpatrick gets back, you're like, Fitz oh, yeah. magic, baby. I'm in. Yep. I'm in. He comes to them press conferences with his, you know. Well, chain to Sean Jackson's lumber, suit. Yeah. Come, <laughs> come in a lumberjack shirt or something with his, with his chain popped out and chest hair bulging everywhere i mean that's what you do you gotta you gotta put fitzpatrick in if you're gonna lose you might as well lose with somebody that's gonna at least make it fun and sell tickets yep. uh real quick before we move on to our matchup recap of uh legion of doom uh have y'all noticed how uh heineke looks like the guy with the eyebrows that played in maze runner and we're the millers and all that i need to look at that like you need to look good. at him in a helmet with his little skull cap on he looks just like that eyebrows guy i can't think of hey. his name Taylor Heineke, and he, and he looks like who? He looks like the eyebrows guy. Maze Runner. All right. The bad guy hey. from Maze Runner, and uh, he's in Where the Millers and a couple more movies. All right. Let's see. Let's see if there's images. Oh, yeah. There's people saying it. Dude, I'm telling you. <laughs> I, I, when I was watching the game the other day, I was like, hey, he looks just like that actor. That's what it is. It's the actor playing a professional quarterback. Hey, he's in a, he's in a decent job. You know, I'll give that actor credit. What is that guy's name? Nobody knows, Ben. It's just eyebrows. <laughs> I want Maze Runner eyebrows. Oh, it's a it's a <laughs> it's a, it's a Maze Runner eyebrow guy. It's a suggestion. Dude, I'm telling you. <laughs> it looks just like him. <laughs> I felt oh. like that was hey, I may suck at my must start must sit things, but my comparisons <laughs> of actors and people is top notch, man. Oh my goodness, they got the just do it. Nike signs upside down on his eyebrows. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. All right. So oh, uh moving forward. So that way we ain't got a two-hour podcast. Uh we're going to jump into our week seven Legion of Doom matchup recap. Uh so if you guys don't know or if you haven't listened to our podcast before, uh our home Dynasty League Legion of Doom is made up of a variety of people. We got tons of people in this league, man. Actually, only 10, but, you know, wide variety. Uh, we have close friends. We have a father-son duo. We have brothers-in-laws. We have preachers. We have deacons. We pretty much got everything. Uh, we've all got together to play in the 10-team, one-quarterback PPR dynasty league that started back in January of this year. So, each week, we'll recap our matchups and in a brief format that will still be enjoyable for the average listener. 
basically what we'll do is we'll talk a little bit about our league, but we'll talk mostly about our um, about studs and duds of each matchup and stuff as well. Uh, so as we reach the almost halfway point of the season, one thing I want to do real fast is take a brief look at the standings before week seven. Uh, one thing I will say is a side note, the top six teams of the, uh, will reach the fantasy playoffs. So the next few weeks will be crucial to see if a team makes the playoffs or not. Uh, so in the standings last week, you had Mitchell's Vertebreaker sitting atop at five and one. You had Robbie's RKO at four and two. You had Marcus's Stinger Splash at four and two. You had Kelby's Rock Bottom at three and three. You had BJ's Sweet Chin Music at three and three. You had Greg's Bro Kick at three and three. You had Derek's Mandible Claw at three and three. My gosh. You had Adam's Hitman Sharpshooter at two and four. You had Ben's Stink Face at three and four. I still love that team name. Ew, Stink Face. (laughs) And then you had Landon's Diamond Cutter sitting at, what was he last week? One and six. And Uh, yeah, one and five. One of five. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, that's our standings right there. Top six. We're looking at as far as playoffs as of last week was Mitchell, Robbie, Marcus, Kelby, BJ, Greg. Uh, so the next couple of matchups are weeks. They're going to be crucial as far as that goes. Uh, one thing I will say as well, as we do this recap, is that week seven brought tough challenges for most fantasy managers in the form of some tough bye weeks. Uh, teams that were on bye were the Cowboys, the Chargers, the Vikings, the Steelers, the Jaguars, and the Bills. Uh, so this caused a lot of managers to plug in some scrubs to fill their lineup. I know I saw as we went through the studs and duds, there was a lot of interesting plays this week. So we'll talk about a couple of those as well. So let's see how it worked out for him. Uh, Marcus, let's, I want you to cover this first matchup for us, man. All right, you got uh, Derek's Mandible Claw versus Kelby's Rock Bottom. Uh, making a case to be the most improved team on the season, you got Derek's Mandible Claw. I uh, was looking to beat the tough Rock Bottom team. Uh, the top performers from Mandible Claws, Alvin Kamar with 33 points, Jalen Hurts with 26 points, Michael Pittman with 21, and Russell Gage with 18. And the disappointments for Mandible Claw, for the first time in the history of the podcast, the team had no disappointments. All of Derek's players met the projections, and not a single player scored less than double digits. So great job, uh, Derek, there on, on managing your team for the week. Uh, now moving on to Rock Bottom's top performers, you had Tom Brady, the GOAT, with 33, DK Metcalf with 19, Jalen Waddle with 15, Hunter Henry with 10. The top disappointments for Rock Bottom was Miles Sanders, only had three points after su- uh, suffering a scary ankle injury, Odell with four points, A.J. Dillon with negative two after a fumble. Uh, final scores, Mandible Claw 165 over Rock Bottom's only 97. Next week, you got Derek taking on Vertebreaker, uh, and Rock Bottom will be taking on Stink Face. So, uh, speaking of Jalen Waddle, let's talk about these w- rookie wide receivers. There's a lot of talk about the 2021 draft class being top heavy at wide receiver, yet not as good as the 2020 draft class. Currently, you have Jamar Chase sitting at the wide receiver two on the season, and Jalen Waddle at the wide receiver 24. Devontae Smith at 39. So, BJ, where do you have Jamar Chase in your dynasty wide receiver rankings at the moment? All right, man. So, this is a hot topic as far as dynasty social media goes right now. Uh, It's one that I've been following pretty closely uh, over the past week after Chase's really big performance, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Uh, But my current wide receiver dynasty rankings, which may not be census, it may not be one that everybody agrees with, 
But I still have Justin Jefferson sitting at number one as far as dynasty receivers go. I know you still got the case as far as like, oh, Kirk Cousins is his quarterback and how long is that going to last and stuff. But as far as talent goes, Justin Jefferson is making really good out of that situation there in the Vikings. Uh, number two, ah, man, I'm going to be honest with you. I think I've got Jamar Chase up there at number two right now. And I know that may be a hot take. Uh, I've actually seen a lot of rankings this past week to have him as number one over Jefferson. But my thing as far as having him all the way up there as number two as a rookie wide receiver is that he is tied to Joe Burrow, and they're like BFFs and go to like steak dinners on the weekend and spend the night parties and all that kind of stuff. Uh, if you had Tyler Boyd in Dynasty, you have noticed that he is not targeted anymore, and all the targets are going over to Chase with Higgins getting a little bit thrown in. Uh, so I've got Chase at number two, and then I got C.D. Lamb at number three just because I'm a C.D. truther. Uh, ben, where do you got Jamar Chase at in your Dynasty wide receiver rankings right now? I would put him at number one. I think the uh, tying him with Joe Burrow and, you know, the future that it looks for them is – I mean, you're already seeing a glimpse of it. You just need them to stay healthy. Exactly. Man, I've never I've never seen a rookie wide receiver put up numbers like this. Uh, even with Jefferson last year, you didn't see him put up numbers to what, like week six, week seven? Yeah. And so, even with this, man, just his potential, his potential was like, like what you said, number one overall. Uh, Marcus, we'll say you. It hurts my soul to say this, but everybody knows I hate the Dallas Cowboys. But going forward, I think dynasty-wise, CD's on top. Chase following close thereafter, and Jefferson's actually three for me, and it all goes to the quarterbacks. Uh, I think Cousins will be gone in the next few years. You don't know who Minnesota's going to end up with. Uh, Chase for the future, you've got Joe Burrow and uh, man Dak. He just, you know, he looks CD's way. I don't think it's going to be too much longer, and you're going to have Cooper. I don't know what – I think he's got, what, two years left on his contract. They can't yeah. continue to pay all those guys. And yeah. I think CD's stuck at – you know, Dallas is not letting him go. Cooper's going to be the guy that they try to trade or uh, get rid of. So, I think once Cooper's gone, CD is going to put up some crazy numbers. Nice. Uh, ben, I'm going to ask you this question, man. As, I know you've been playing Dynasty for a little bit, and you're pretty well-rounded as far as it goes. Uh, with people saying that this past wide receiver class was kind of top-heavy and they weren't as good as the 2020 class with Jefferson, Judy, uh, Lamb, all of them, what can you learn about future draft classes with these early season breakouts? Well, you really can't judge them until you watch them play. Exactly. Uh, I I really like this class more than I did last year's class. I, I think uh, – if if Jamar Chase wasn't doing what he was doing, that that Tony kid, he looks, yeah, he looks special, man. I, I I've seen him play in Florida, which being a state fan, you see a lot of people do a lot of dirty things to us on the on the football field. And uh, I've been watching him do like before he got hurt the week before. I mean, he he destroyed that defender. He 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 destroyed Diggs. Yeah. He just for Dallas, who's probably the best corner in the league right now. Just absolutely left him in the dust like his route running is is just as good as anybody in the league right now and and then not not only that you got Devonte smith who i i think i mean he's he's being slept on a little bit because of chase and tony mm -hmm. the past couple of weeks and Jalen waddle um I'm, I'm more i'm more concerned with waddle just because of Tua's inconsistencies and especially yeah. if they get watson i mean i don't I really don't know how well that's going to translate. 
That's yeah. kind of where concerned you give with it, that. You give it another, I say, within the next year, uh, the Eagles is going to move on from Hurts, and Smith is going to be out of this world too, I believe. Uh, I think I think Hurts, the quarterback, is what's holding him back. I don't know that he's probably not the second-best receiver. And then, like you said, it's Tony. As soon as he matures a little bit, just quits, you know, doing stupid stuff. Uh, I, I'm I'm with Ben. I don't know if this class isn't better than last year's. Yeah, that's that's a hot take, man. You know, but I like oh, it. it. Is. Uh, that's that's <laughs> one of those things where like players that I'm higher on than most people are. Uh, Rondell Moore, I think he's got potential yeah. there in Arizona. Uh, as soon as AJ Green steps out the door and he becomes that wide receiver too, with that snap count going up and target share, I think he's going to be a beast. Uh, honestly, I like Rashad Bateman. Uh, Rashad Bateman's one of the only big receivers that came out of this class as far as like alpha wide receiver goes. And just in the two games, you've seen his target share go up. We'll actually be talking about him shortly in one of the conversation pieces. Uh, but let's move on to our second matchup real quick. Uh, we had Ben's stink face at two and four versus Landon's diamond cutter at one and five. You had the number nine and number 10 seeds in the standings look to better the other and build some momentum to turn their season around. This was actually one of the few matchups that I paid pretty close attention to going into Monday night. It was actually, I want to say, a three-point difference in the final score. And so top performers of stink face were Joe Burrow at 36 fantasy points, Cooper Cup at 38 fantasy points, and Devontae Booker with 14. Top disappointments for stink face was Daryl Williams with eight, Mark Andrews with six, Julio Jones with five, and Robbie Anderson with four. I know that Carolina's wide receiver core did not look good at all because of Darnold. Uh, top performers for Diamond Cutter for Landon's team was Mac Jones with 27 fantasy points. I know he ended up having uh, Josh Allen uh, go on a bye week, so he plugged in Mac Jones and actually didn't do too bad for him. He had A.J. Brown come out with 28 fantasy points, Mike Gusecki come out with 21 fantasy points. It's currently sitting at the tight end three on the season. And then he had Josh Jacobs come out and put up 15 fantasy points before going down with a chest injury right before halftime. Top disappointments for Diamond Cutter, though, was what actually ended up sealing the deal. Uh, he had Darnell Mooney put up five fantasy points. Marquez Callaway put up six. And Rondell Moore put up three. The final score was Stink Face 138, Diamond Cutter 135, a three-point difference. Next week, you have Diamond Cutter face Hitman Sharpshooter, and you have Stink Face versus Rock Bottom. And so for you guys, let's ask Ben this question first. All right. So I, I like hearing your takes on uh, rankings and stuff, Ben. Uh, Mike Gasecki, he's actually had a pretty good week here. Andrews had, you know, a down week. Uh, Chiefs ain't really looking that good right now with uh, Mahomes not performing, and Kelsey's, I think he's hurting with a, what is it, like a hip or a knee injury or something? Uh, as of right now, though, Ben, who is your top five tight ends in Dynasty? Who you got up there? I still got Kelsey one, Waller two, and then uh, I'm not really sure about Kittle. I'm I have as much concerns with Kittle as you both have spoken on your previous podcast. Um, I think I would probably put Pitts at three. I know he's kind of come on here of late. Uh, when maybe Matt Ryan leaves, maybe he'll get somebody who can throw to him consistently. Uh, so I've got Kelsey Waller, Pitts. I still got Mark Andrews. I think Mark Andrews is still uh, super solid and stuff. And the fifth spot is where I really struggle. Um, Gasicki. I mean, it's it's right now. It's between like Hawkinson, Gasicki, some of those people like that. Um, 
I guess right now I'd go with Hawkinson just because even with – regardless of who the quarterback is, he still finds targets even though he's not doing much with them. Yeah. So. And I like that too. Hawkinson's probably my biggest riser as far as my tight end rankings go. Uh, I know that he's shot up there from in my personal rankings from like tight end seven, eight down there with Noah Fant, and he shot up there all the way up to probably number four in mine. Uh, personally, I probably have Kelsey number one as well. Uh, I know he's only got about two or three more years left uh, as far as that prime person in, in uh, Kansas City. But I think in Dynasty, that's really all you're looking for is a two, three-year window. And so I got Kelsey one. Uh, personally, I'd probably put Pitts at two just because of that potential. Uh, I'm big as far as like age bias goes, and I hate to say that, but uh, with him in Atlanta, they don't really have anybody else, and I think they're just going to rebuild around Pitts, honestly. Uh, so I think Pitts at two. I like Waller at three. I like Hawkinson at four, and I like Kittle at five. And so that's just my current ones. I think once Trey Lance gets there, maybe it kind of helps Kittle a little bit, but also with injury concerns as well. Marcus, what you got? I think I got a. Uh... I got Kelsey, of course, uh, at number one. And it's tough for me between Waller, of course, being on my team. I, I want to put him at two, but I'm like you. I don't know dynasty-wise if it's it, – it'd be – they're kind of a, you know, 2A and a 2B. What, to help, uh, help with your decision there, Marcus, I will take Waller off your hand. Take Waller <laughs> off my hands? To help uh, you decide better, I will take him. And I've actually got got Hawkinson, uh, probably four, and then I'm gonna put Andrews in there over over nice. uh, Kittle. I just don't have a lot of faith in him, and and I'm also scared going forward if they they go with Lance full time. I'm not a I'm not a big Lance fan. Uh, my thing is where do y'all got a uh, where do y'all got? And I'm not gonna pronounce his name right. I call him the Mooth, Fire Mooth, as far as a as far as a dynasty goes uh in, in in you know Pittsburgh there what do y'all think his worth is uh man for me I think the only thing holding him back right now is two things number one is Eric Ebron uh still mm -hmm. getting a couple of snaps over him stuff like that number two I think you have Ben Roethlisberger's inconsistency at quarterback uh, however, I will say this. I think I think uh, Fryermuth, I think that's how you pronounce it, uh, I think that he uh, reminds Roethlisberger of Heath Miller, the tight yep. end of old. And so if I got Fryermuth in Dynasty, this may be an extremely hot take, but I'm saying top 15 tight end as far as Dynasty goes. Uh, he's got that potential. He's looked good at the targets that he's receiving so far. He ain't going to be one of those guys that goes out and gets you 25 points. But you don't need that as far as like running the mentality and tight end. What do you think, Ben? I, I think if you have the opportunity, I think I would try to trade for him. I, I do yep. think this is a time to get him before the breakout because when when the wheels falls off Pittsburgh, which is going to, they're going to have to start playing some of the younger players. And I think Fryermuth is going to be a core part of their team. He's a good pass blocker. Uh, to me, it's a better overall tight end than Pitts. Pitts is a receiver, and mm -hmm. I don't I don't care what people say. He's designated as tight end, but he's a wide receiver. So, yep. technically, I think Fryermuth is a better tight end. He's a blocker. He does it all for him. So, I, I do think this is a good time to trade for him. Just whoever's got him, you know, shoot somebody an offer. See what they'll they, – they may be in a win-now mode. You might can be able to get them for a, a piece. So, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Marcus, let's run into this third matchup real quick, man. I think we got about uh, – Oh, another... I got to I gotta do one thing. What's that? Since you were talking about my, my team, I feel like I should cut a promo. Do it. For all of you 
listening, I know you hear this. I'm not scared of it because I'm playing rock bottom next week, and the stink face is coming for you, rock bottom. Is it Kelby? Is Kelby yeah, rock Kelby. bottom? You know what? You know what? There's two things in common with there's there's another thing in common with the stink face, and it's a bottom. Stink face <laughs> and the bottom. And the problem is, I'm going to be the one giving the stink face in this matchup, and I'm probably going to try to go ahead and make the playoffs while I'm at it. And uh, so, BJ, I haven't played you yet, Marcus. I don't even think I played you yet. So just wait. These big cheeks are coming. And there's plenty, there's plenty of faces. There's plenty of faces for your cheeks to be. Oh my gosh. Man. Oh, that play off the handle. But hey, hey, look, watch out. I'm coming back. I'm coming in there. I'm sneaking in the playoffs. Joe Burrow, Cooper Cup. I've got some pieces to, to make a run. Okay. Saquon's coming back. Saquon's coming back. I got Mark Andrews. They're throwing the ball. Watch out. I'm coming for uh that last playoff spot. So I I've said my piece, okay. Ben's coming for that wild card. Uh, <laughs> I want the play in, guys. I want to be in the play in. Hey, man, that's the thing. Did you got potential? The biggest, the thing that scares me the most about your team, too, is that you got three first round picks next year. And so I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> All right. So, Marcus, let's run through this uh, third matchup real quick. I think we got about five minutes before we got to end this, uh, this Zoom call and start up another one. All right. So you got Mitchell's uh, Vertebraker, 5 1 versus Greg's Bro Kick at 3 and 3. And Mitchell came into the matchup as the top dog, and his team came in on a hot win streak of five games in a row. So for Vertebreaker's top performers, you got Terry McLaurin, 27 points, Ryan Tannehill at 22, Hollywood Brown at 19, and Derrick Henry with only 18, but still as a top performer. Uh, Disappointments was A.J. Green with only 10, McKissick with only 9, and Brandon Cooks with 7. Uh, top performers from Broke Kick was Jamar Chase with 35 points, Aaron Rodgers with 30, Kyle Pitts with 23, and the disappointments for Broke Kick was Jacoby Myers with only nine and Tyler Lockett hurting without his right-hand man, Russell Wilson, with only three points. Broke Kick comes in with the win, 164 over 141, and uh, he looks on to take uh, – looks to take on RKO, and then Vertebreaker will uh, play Mandible Claw. So, uh, conversation, BJ, has Hollywood Brown become a must-start in fantasy? And how do you think Bateman's increased workload will affect Hollywood for the rest of the season? Yeah, so, man, the reason uh, we came up with this in the show, Doc, is because if you had Hollywood Brown on your dynasty league last year, uh, you were kind of sketchy as far as plugging them in your lineup. I know a lot of people right now still have that decision to make. Uh, if I've got Hollywood Brown, though, I'm plugging him in at least in the flex. Uh, just because you have that breakout potential, you got that Tyreek Hill speed out there. Uh, but also, man, um, the reason I thought of this question and typed it in the show doc as well is I'm, I can say this because I know that the person listening that I don't have to worry about this with, this podcast will release before wa- or le- release after waivers uh, in Mitchell's Dynasty League. Uh, Mitchell was vertebraker here that we're talking about. Uh, someone actually dropped Hollywood Brown in the Dynasty League to pick up Cole Komet. And so, Mitchell, if you are hearing this, hopefully I have won my waiver bid on Hollywood Brown because I have zero fab left, and I hope that nobody paid attention that Hollywood Brown was sitting there on waivers. So hopefully I got that. As far as Bateman goes, man, uh, I really don't think it's going to eat into too much of um, Hollywood's performances. Uh, I still think Hollywood's at deep threat. I think Bateman's going to end up being more of that possession uh, safety valve for Lamar Jackson. 
Uh, all right, so moving into our fourth matchup real quick, we had Marcus's Stinger Splash versus Robbie's RKO. Robbie looked for a bounce-back game after taking an L last week against the Kamish, yours truly. Uh, both teams were battling it out to see who would be atop the standings next week in the number two seed. Top performers for Stinger Splash was Kyler Murray at 30 fantasy points, DeAndre Swift at 30 fantasy points, Devontae Adam was with 19. Top disappointments for Stinger Splash was Mike Davis, Marcus's favorite right-hand man, sitting at one fantasy point. Uh, Amon Ra St. Brown with zero. Cameron Brait with zero. And then top performers for RKO was Matthew Stafford with a whopping 34 fantasy points in his revenge game against Detroit. Mike Evans coming out of nowhere with three touchdowns and 32 fantasy points. Debo Samuel with 20 fantasy points. Top disappointments for RKO, however, was Aaron Jones with only eight, Sony Michelle with point four, and Diami Brown with zero. The final score was RKO 132, Stinger Splash 108. Next week, Stinger Splash faces Sweet Chin Music. So, Marcus, I'm anxious to see what the podcast sounds like next week. It's a and battle then- of the podcast host. Hey, man, we can't be main event, though, because I was already main event this past week. I'm <laughs> never the main event again. <laughs> That's right. You end up losing a rep. Yeah. Hey, maybe I need to make you the main event. This is the first This is the first match I've lost that I wasn't the main event. See, so that's, that may be a strategy I can play into. No. And then uh, next week, RKO looks to face bro kick. And so, Marcus, so, you know, Adams is a beast, obviously. He's one of the top i would say top five top six dynasty wide receivers as far as redraft he's probably number one number two uh but since adams is so good what do you think green bay is going to do this week with lazard and adams out i know the game's coming up on thursday night actually the night that this podcast releases uh who do you think leads the team in targets let's just say that me and you was actually talking about this a little earlier uh i've actually got Cobb in the in the league and i'm probably gonna have to start him uh Tunyon's another one that people's going to look at. I actually think St. Brown is going to come in. He's he's His target shares went up each week uh, for the last couple of weeks. And I think I think uh, Rodgers is going to look his way uh, Thursday night. I think St. Brown ends up leading in, in targets and, and putting up a decent amount of fantasy points. Uh, but it, it could be Cobb. It could be Tunyon. Uh, it could be nobody. Uh, Green Bay could possibly, you know, uh, just lay an egg the cardinals is gonna you know they're gonna put it on them they're gonna have to score to keep up with them and i don't know if rogers is gonna have the weapons to do that yeah if they were playing anybody other than the cardinals i would probably say aaron jones is gonna lead the team in targets uh but i think Tanya's gonna come out and he's gonna have a decent game what do you think ben i would stay away from any green bay packer this week mm, except not. except aaron, except aaron jones i would probably stay start aaron jones for sure I like it. So, Ben, I'm going to put you on the spot here, man. I want you to cover this main event, if you're cool with that. I would be honored. All right. So, the main event of the week is the Montreal Screwjob. As a wrestling fanatic, I know that uh, that was not a very good moment in wrestling history, especially when you were a Brit Hitman Hart fan, as I was. So, yeah. So Google that if you have a chance. Watch videos on it. Watch Vince McMahon uh, lose his cool like I did. But I remember watching that pay-per-view, which is crazy. Anyway, so in this matchup, Adam looked to turn the tide after his past two losses in a row. 
And uh, his top performers, or actually it was your top performers this week for Sweet Chin Music, was Lamar Jackson with 25 fantasy points. Then he had Damian Harris, 25 fantasy points. We got to come up with Damian Harris, a good uh, nickname, by the way. So yeah, I'll be thinking about that. Chris Goblin also came in with 25 fantasy points. He just had 25 fantasy points all the way around, BJ did. And then Elijah Mitchell, 16 fantasy points. His biggest disappointments were Noah Fant, eight fantasy points, and Tim Patrick, three fantasy points. And let's go over to the bald man himself, Adam Graham. His uh, top performers were Dearness Johnson with 24 fantasy points, DeAndre Hopkins with 18 fantasy points, and Cordell Patterson, Cordero Patterson with 14 fantasy points. His top disappointments, who uh, Patrick Mahomes, who is on the block, supposedly, who's on the <laughs> block, but he's not on the block, with five fantasy points, and Henry Ruggs with seven. The final score was 139 to 107 in favor of Sweet Chin Music, just like it was in real life. So next week, Sweet Chin goes against uh, the Sweet Chin of uh, BJ. <laughs> yeah, your chin is so sweet. It's going to get Stinger Splash, a.k.a. Marcus. So I'm interested to see how that one goes. But anyway. What's your take on the uh, the backfield for New England, Marcus? What do you what do you think how it's going to shake out for next week, especially with the surprise of Ramondre Stevenson being inactive? So, what's your thoughts? Man, I honestly, I think Harris is your only viable option uh, as far as starting. But I believe you've got to start uh, JJ Taylor, Brandon Bolden. I would probably go with Bolden, of course. I'm an Ole Miss fan, and you know, so that's that's hotty toddy all the way. Uh, but I think Bolden is is where they're missing, like a James White style, uh, you know, catching the ball out of the backfield. Uh, but I, it's it's a crowded backfield, and you always say in New England, don't start any of them. But I mean, you had Bolden put up 19, Harris put up 25, and JJ Taylor, I think he had a touchdown, maybe two, put up 15 points. So I mean, you can't leave those points sitting on your bench. You just got to figure out which ones that you're going to start each week. I think Harris is a must start each week. Uh, but I think uh, I've, I'm actually in one of my other dynasty leagues probably going to have to start Bolton this week. Uh, so, I, you know, it's it's tough to, to make that call. You never know what Bill Belichick's going to do. He hates fantasy football, and you can tell that by the way he plays his running backs. So, uh, what do you think, BJ? Yeah, you know, uh, D-Hare, as we call him, Damian Harris, uh, I, I'm a – I'm a, I can say, hey, I can, I can come up with stuff like that. I thought about dumb man Harris. Hey, just leave the eye out. That's a good one too, you know. Uh, so Damian Harris, man, uh, I like him as a flex each and every week right now. Um, man, New England, they don't really have many wide receivers besides Jacoby Myers. Uh, you'll get a couple little points every now and then from Kendrick Bourne and all of them. Uh, but man, that run game is looking pretty nice right now. And so Damian Harris is a must start each and every week. Uh, I was big on Ramondre Stevenson in the off season. Drafted him in a couple of leagues, man. I'm pretty upset as far as how that's turned out for me. Uh, I thought he had potential in the offseason – or in the preseason, excuse me. Uh, I thought he had a couple actually really good games. And But then again, one thing to keep in mind as far as dynasty and stuff goes as well, uh, think about what's going to happen whenever James Watt comes back. You know, I think he's out for the season this year, right? But you got to look at it next year. Uh, look long-term. What's that going to look like to these numbers right here? Uh, so, Ben, let me ask you this question. I know Patrick Mahomes is a hot topic right now in Dynasty. Uh, with his struggles of late, are you trying to buy him low right now in Dynasty? And if so, what kind of offers are you sending out? 
if you're in a single quarterback league, I would not worry about it. But if you're in a super flex league, I would try my best to get them right now because this is going to be your only chance to get them. Um, in a single quarterback league, it's not worth the risk. I mean, you look at it this year, if you if you waited and got Prescott or Murray or whomever it is, I mean, Joe Burrow, I mean, you're you're way happier with that draft cost mm-hmm. in your dynasty league and whatnot than, than Mahomes. But uh, if you're in a super flex league, yeah, you go after him because take it from a guy who's six and one who's got, you know, Patrick Mahomes in a uh, super flex league. Uh, I'm not going to trade him right now because I know his stock is as low as it's going to be. Yep. But but if you if you if you need just send an offer, just see what it would take. See if it well I've uh, actually got go some, some breaking news. Uh Mahomes is on the trade block in the oh in, in our league. And Adam is willing to give him up for your firstborn child and thirty three percent of your four oh one K. Hey you man, can have Patrick Mahomes. He can have my washing machine. <laughs> The that's what I, I figured I'd mess with him a little bit today, and I sent him Lamar Jackson in a third, and he rejected it quicker than the notification even went through. You you think a solid uh two pay for Mahomes would work for him? <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, I agree with Ben's take though, man. Uh, you know, you look at our startup here in Legion of Doom, you had Mahomes go what second round, third round, uh, something yeah. like that, but then you had Lamar Jackson fall to the eighth round. Joe Burrow fall to the late eighth round, ninth round. I've got Joe Burrow, and I'm just ecstatic. That's what I'm I'll saying, be man. honest. Going forward, I've got Murray over Mahomes, even dynasty redrafts. I think, I think that Arizona offense is set up for Murray being being the number one going forward. No, I say, you know, what what do they say? Like you. Hold, hold firm to your your standings there. And I think it's honestly – I did think there was a big tear break before Mahomes, Allen, and Murray in the past. I think now, like what Ben said, and especially in one quarterback, you ain't really getting many more points out of the man, even if it's a six-point passing touchdown. Well, like, like Ben said, dynasty, yes. But but in – you know, especially in a, in a – or a dynasty, a super flex, but in a one-quarterback league, I'm not giving up the – you know, I mean, you're, you're talking about a whole round difference. You yep. know, ten to twelve picks uh, that you could go with, you know, a top tier receiver, and then pick up your quarterback a little later. You're yep. basically buying the name for my all it is. It's like whenever you buy name brand instead of Walmart clothes, it's pretty much the same thing. All right, so uh, our current standings as of right now, you have Mitchell's Vertebreaker still sitting at the number one seed. One thing I will say, a side note wise, is that, I, that Mitchell's team surprises me, man. Uh, those picks and stuff ended up working out in his favor. So, shout out to Mitchell. Uh, number two, you have Robbie's RKO. I know we don't talk about his team much, but that RB heavy strategy that he went with is actually proving to be pretty good for him right now. Uh, then you have Greg's bro kick sitting at three, at four and three. Uh, this this is a surprise for me, man. Uh, Greg taking over this orphan team and the pieces that he has, they're really starting to show out for him. And so, shout out to Greg. Uh, at number four seed, you have BJ Sweet Chin Music actually climbing up one spot. You have number five seed, Marcus's Stinger Splash, dropping down two after the loss. You have the sixth seed is Derek's Mandible Claw, gaining another spot in the standings. You have at number seven, Kelby's Rock Bottom at three and four. He has actually dropped down three spots this past week in the standings. At number eight, shout out Ben. Look at you, man. 
turning this team around. You got Ben Stinkface sitting at three and four, climbing up a spot over Adam Graham. Uh, so number nine seed, you have Adams Hitman Sharpshooter sitting at two and five, dropping down a spot. And then the tenth seed is Landon's Diamond Cutter at one and six. Uh, one thing I will say about Landon's team is when you actually look at it on paper, it does not look like a one and six team. Uh, he's the one that's got Gasecki, AJ Brown, Christian McCaffrey. He's got pieces that can compete, and he actually still has his first round pick next year as well. So there ain't no telling what that team's gonna look like next year. Uh, but anyways, guys, that's our recap. Let's move on to the fun segment of the week. And so each week we try to come up with this little fun break to give the listeners uh, from all this information overload of fantasy football. I know this podcast is running a little bit long tonight, but hey, it's okay. That's what you signed up for. And so, so far for our fun segments, we've done a dream fantasy football lineup of current and past WWE superstars. We've done a discussion of our favorite pregame, halftime locker room speech and movies. Uh, last week, we did a fantasy football player comparison to Halloween candy, which I really enjoyed. Uh, but this week, we wanted to try something new. I was thinking this past week of some of the best fantasy players to ever play, uh, just in my lifetime that I remember, uh, only being 29 years old, I immediately thought of Andrew Luck, Jamal Charles, LaDainian Tomlinson, and even Peyton Manning, just some of the ones that I could remember off the top of my head. I began thinking about those teams that they played for and how much better off they would be right now if they could take that old player in their prime and put them on their current NFL roster. For instance, for some examples, how much better would the current Vikings be with prime Randy Moss alongside Justin Jefferson and Thielen? Or the current Colts be with prime Marvin Harrison as their wide receiver one? Or even the current Broncos with prime Peyton Manning throwing the ball to Judy and Sutton? And so what I did is I asked the squad to get together, come up with two players each to bring back from the past and place on their current NFL teams. So without further ado, Marcus, start us off with a blast from the past. Well, y'all know that I'm a Packers fan, so, I mean, you're going to have to gonna have to just bear with it. But I'm thinking, especially this week, you got Adams and Lazard out with, uh, with COVID. But, you know, they don't really have that number two. When Adams is healthy, you know, you never know who's going to be the second guy. So you bring Jordy Nelson back from his 2014 season. He had 98 receptions, 1,519 yards with 13 touchdowns. Uh, you know, I mean, that fantasy-wise would be awesome. But but other than that, uh, I think that puts the Packers as, uh, as a Super Bowl contender, uh, you know, you got him and Adams on the same field with Rodgers in his prime. Uh, I think uh, I think that would make you know make give them a, a heavy run in the playoffs and and probably even get them to the Super Bowl. Marcus, who's the number one on that team? <laughs> Jordy Nelson for sure. I think I think Nelson in his prime was he's he he won't even be remembered for what he was, but I think he's probably one of the top ten receivers. If you watched him play, and I did, being a Packers fan, I watched every game, you know, that I could. That dude could get separation, and he wasn't the fastest guy on the field, but he run routes and caught balls just like it was just amazing to watch him play. Uh, and, of course, injuries kind of cut his career short, and I think he went on to – he played with the Raiders for a year. Yeah. Uh, might, no, it was two years. But, you know, I, I think if that guy stayed healthy and, and stayed with the Packers, he would have done things that, you know, he would have broke a lot of records that – of course, Adam would be trying to break down. Yeah, and that's a that's a pick that I like, man. I remember watching Jordy Nelson one specific 
play that, I, that is forever ingrained in my mind is whenever he was running a sideline and they threw a back shoulder throw to him. Mm-hmm. And he did that 360 catch on the sideline and toe tapped as he's falling out of bounds. Man, that dude, he was underrated for sure. Uh, ben, who are you taking from the past and trying to put on a current NFL team? Shout out to Derek and his Saints. I'm going to go with Jimmy Graham. Um, in 2013, he put up an 86 reception, 1,215 receiving yard, and 16 touchdowns. I think uh, I think the Saints could use a little help, <laughs> a yeah. lot of help, the only, the on only, offense. Yeah, the only thing it, it'd be if Jimmy Graham could play quarterback. Mm. <laughs> well, the thing is with Jimmy Graham in his prime, you didn't have to be accurate. No, you true. just throw it up. He was going to get it. That like dude was the, a monster. Some of those Drew Brees throws that he made back there were – let's just see if he can come down with it, and he did. So, oh, he did, always. Jimmy Graham, just like Jordy Nelson, are just just uh, afterthought these mm. – you know, in this time. Yeah. they People forget how good they really were. Oh, yeah, man. That's like I've – I heard it said – when was – I think it was last year during the Super Bowl. Or, oh, is this – yeah, this, this year during the Super Bowl – and people were talking about the top tight ends. And I think somebody had mentioned Rob Gronkowski and Tony Gonzalez up there. But, man, you look at it. And, man, Jimmy Graham, he was one of my favorite tight ends to watch. A touchdown celebration of him dunking on the field goal post. That's, That's right. And and in fantasy football, the tight end, having a good tight end changes the whole landscape of your team. It does. So, I mean, that's like that. Having, I mean, you look at the Saints right now, too. People had high expectations for Adam Troutman. And he ain't done, he ain't done nothing. Juwan Johnson, there was the uh, – the bandwagon for him for their 30 minutes. And yep. they realize <laughs> that bandwagon didn't have much, didn't have, <laughs> didn't have many wheels left for it. The horses so, died. Yeah. The horses <laughs> were dead. The horses <laughs> were dead on that one. So yeah. Uh, is Jordy Nelson a hall of famer, by the way? I think he's gotta be maybe not a first ballot, but I mean, he's a hall I, of I, famer in my book. I think it'd be a shame if he wasn't, to be honest yeah, with you, yeah. just how good he was. Well, I, if you could, a lot if of people, you, a lot of people are going to say that it was Rodgers and it's Rodgers and Rodgers and Rodgers. But man, you look at it now. I mean, Rodgers hadn't had a. I mean, he had a couple of down years after Jordy left. He did. Yep. I mean, it. You know, you you will you'll see you'll see Thursday night. Uh, Rodgers is a great quarterback, and in my opinion, probably one of the best to ever play. Uh, he's just fell short in the playoffs several times. Uh, but but you'll see Thursday night that you've got to have receivers. I don't care how good you are. Uh, even Tom Brady, you can account some of those receivers. You know, Tom Brady done this or that and made these guys. But, you know, whatever you want to say about Wes Welker, uh, you know, Julian Edelman, those guys are still athletes. And they, uh, hmm. you know, it, it, quarterback can't do it all. So you'll, you'll see, like I said, Thursday night. What Rodgers does without Adams and Lazard on the field, so yeah, I think I think Nelson deserves to be in the Hall of Fame for sure. Yeah, and I agree with you there. Uh, so my pick, I'm, I'm actually going with one that uh, I almost went with Jamal Charles, uh, just based on the fact that I think Jordan Jones played him against me in our church league, and he put up 55 points in that playoff blowout that he had against me. But uh, as I was thinking about this, I wanted to put a running back on the Kansas City Chiefs team. Uh, just because, you know, you got Mahomes out there. I think that's one thing they're missing right now is a run game. Uh, most of the points that I've seen Clyde score this year before getting hurt was actually from receiving touchdowns. And so I think that run game is kind of weak right now. I think it's something that they need. Uh, as an Alabama fan, I am a truther of establishing the run. Then the passes will come. 
And so, with that being said, I'm going with Priest Holmes in his prime and putting him on the current Kansas City Chiefs. In his prime in 2003 with the Chiefs, Priest Holmes came out and rushed for 1,420 yards. But here's the kicker. He had 27 rushing touchdowns. That is second most in NFL history, I believe. And then he also came out and with 690 yards receiving. My thing is, man, you give Andy Reid, you give Patrick Mahomes, you give Tyree Keel a stud running back, then what are you going to do when that play-action pass comes? You know, you're going to be looking like fools with your linebackers rushing in on a blitz. Travis Kelsey's going to be sitting right there, or you'll have your cornerbacks get distracted, and then Tyreek Hill's taking the top off of you. And so with it, man, I like Priest Holmes. He's one of my favorite players uh, as far as growing up with my dad being a Chiefs fan there for a while. And so that's somebody that I'm looking as far as fixing that offense currently. I wonder, who, looking, I wonder who the Chiefs like, quarterback was. Was it Trent Green that was handing the ball off to Priest Holmes? Man, I don't even remember. All remember I remember Trent was, Green? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. And I was going to say, BJ, you said looking like fools. Would that be with your pants on the ground? Yeah, you know. <laughs> I like the American yeah, Idol song. Yeah, you remember? Brett, I think it was Brett Favre when he played for the Vikings dancing, dancing to the song in the locker room after they won. Uh, probably sporting them uh what is it levi's that he has oh no doubt <laughs> so, is it, yeah i think it's levi's so marcus who's your second player man probably probably one of my favorite running backs to watch throughout history and and people's going to question this uh but i think Ladanian thompson going to the chargers uh in, in his prime right now uh Man, that dude, he had a he had a season in 2006, 1,815 rushing yards, uh, 508 receiving yards, all 56 receptions, and an NFL record 31 touchdowns, uh, 28 rushing, three receiving, and two touchdown passes for 19 yards. Uh, probably one of my, my favorite backs, like I said, to watch, but people's going to say, well, they got Eckler. Uh, I think Eckler is dangerous catching the ball out of the backfield, and that's, that's kind of what gives him – you know, gives him what he's got. I think if you put you put LT uh, back there running the ball, some power power eye running the ball up the middle, uh, like you said with the with the play action, uh, man, that's going to open up so much stuff for for Herbert and those receivers. And LT can still do the same stuff that Eckler does as far as catching the ball. So you know, I think it makes him much more dangerous. I don't think Eckler has the the you know, they don't fear him running the ball. They fear him catching the ball. They put a spy on him, you know, kind of guard him out of the backfield. But as far as just running the ball down their throat, man, I couldn't I couldn't imagine what, what it would be like with LT in that backfield right now with the with the receiving options they've got. Yeah, I, I like that too. I know uh, I'm a big Eckler truther. Uh, I've got him as, a, honestly, a, probably a top six, seven dynasty running back right now. But uh, you give me LaDainian Tomlinson. Uh, on that offense with Justin Herbert and Kenyon Allen and Mike Williams. And I'm, I'm taking that every day. Uh, ben, who's your number two player here, sir? Well, I went outside the box here. Uh, I looked at the Houston Texans, and they're terrible. I said, why not give them Arian Foster back? What he done? You know, what year did I put? I don't even know if I put a year on it. But anyway, he had one season where he had 1,616 uh, 1, rushing yards, 16 touchdowns. 66 receptions, that PPR factor, mm. uh, 604 receiving yards and two receptions. 
Uh, did you know that he has another persona, Arian Foster? Really? Bobby Fino. Like yeah, all. you heard me. Bobby Fino. I never Look it knew up. that. I looked up his rap videos today. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it, it's legit. Um, you know, he was he was more or less known for him being – he's kind of like the Kyrie Irving of football. Mm, yeah. I don't know if you ever – he's just a – He was out there. He's a strange cat. He's a profound atheist. He thinks anybody who has faith is ridiculous, which I think is – ridiculous but if, itself, if, but if you'll if you'll look at that too you know he's always been an atheist but when that guy like when he come out and got real heavy with it his yeah. nfl career ended like it and wasn't I, but a, about a season after that and he was not even relevant anymore well aaron foster was a fantastic running back he had a lot of injuries yep. but here's the one thing he did speak some truth about media i've seen some of his oh, yeah. old yeah. tweets where he talked about uh nobody the media doesn't want to build anybody up or talk about when things go well they want to talk yeah. about when things go bad mm-hmm. and was he's ten- right was it tennessee he come from he came from the university he, of tennessee because he, he was like i don't that. even know he, if he was a starter then no uh, he wasn't but he was very outspoken at tennessee too he's uh, the Kyrie Irving of football yeah, or like was that's, that's a good comparison and, I, yeah I, so i, I put him on that team i think it's 2015 you're talking about uh, when he had that season, I had him, yeah, and ended up losing in the in the Super Bowl of the redraft church league. But I remember talking about selling high. Uh, Et and Brad Jones calling me at three o'clock in the morning. Oh my I was Lord. like, hey man, hey man, what we want for Aaron Foster? Mm. And I was like, at this moment, like you give me your side besides the only way you're getting him. And if you call me at three o'clock in the morning for for fantasy football trade again, I'm probably going to come roll your yards. Anybody, um, anybody ask about the broken washing machine? Anybody offer him the broken washing machine? All right, so Marcus, right now, one quarterback league. You have Aaron Foster in his prime. You giving up Patrick Mahomes to get him in a one quarterback? Oh yeah, in his prime, absolutely. Oh yeah, I mean you would too, wouldn't you? One hundred percent. Okay, I was but just I, making sure, man. Marcus no. wasn't in the. <laughs> I know a lot of people that wouldn't though. That's the thing. Uh, going back, it's kind of a callback, real quick. Speaking of uh, selling high on Mahomes, I'm gonna look up a trade that I made in one quarterback league that I was really, really proud of, and then I'll come back to it. Okay, but while uh, but while while you're waiting, look that up. Oh, Bobby Fino, son. Oh, <laughs> got that Bobby Fino, yo. Y'all hear that? Did it come through my speaker? No. no I oh, man. I tried to get it to go through there. Love going crazy. Bobby Fino, son. Arian Foster. Just just rap for us, man. Please don't. Oh. Our viewers will be down. Well, well, y'all are talking about one quarterback leagues, and it, it just got me to kind of thinking, and I know it's not their entire team, but leading in our league, in a dynasty league, the number one team, Quarterback is Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. The number two is Matthew Stafford. The number three is Aaron Rodgers in a dynasty league who's almost 40 years old. Uh, you know, I'm I've got Kyler Murray, and he's really is what carried me as far as he has. Uh, you know, so it doesn't it doesn't really matter in a one quarterback league. I think if you go too high on the uh, you know, on the quarterback. It hurts the rest of your team more than it helps you. Uh, you know, I, I think you, you've got people, especially in a redraft league, 
you know, you've got teams sitting in the top of the league right now with a 44-year-old Tom Brady as your quarterback. Uh, even in a dynasty league, go young, get a Joe Burrow, a Jalen Hurts, you know, uh, even Sunshine from Jacksonville and draft, you know, a little later, pick up a Tom Brady who you can get in the 10th, 11th round, and he's going to win you your league. Uh, I think I think going high, I actually probably went too high for Kyler Murray. Uh, but I think in a one-quarterback league, Mahomes is, is really overrated. All right, so hear me out here, Ben. Talking about selling high on Mahomes. On May the 4th, 2021, in a, a rebuild out of nowhere, this May is the, the tra- be with you. This is the trade that started it all and as far as a rebuild goes and an orphan I took over. I traded away Patrick Mahomes and Josh Jacobs. Okay. Back, you know, right after the, the season ended in the offseason. Mm-hmm. And got in return Jalen Hurts, Keenan Allen, Devin Singletary. But here's the kicker a 2022 first round pick, a 2023 first round pick a 2022 second round, and then a 2022 third, a 2022 third, and a 2022 third. My goodness. Yeah, that's worth it for sure. Because Josh Jacobs looks like he's trash. I'm a Raiders fan. (laughs) Yeah, they they got Mahomes and 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 three years of running back who's probably not playing anymore, and you built your team for the next five years. I've got their future. Exactly. You took their soul. <laughs> Flamingo and Koval. That's Bobby Fino's. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> I'll have to look looking, it up. I'm so looking. When, uh, so, when Ben, when ben wins the, the league in three years and we rename the 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 league, it's going to be Rappers, and his rapper is going to be Bobby Fino. Please. Yeah. BJ's going to be Eminem. <laughs> all right, Bobby so, Fino, if you hear this, I love you, man. I love you, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so my last player, real quick. Let me get through this real fast. Uh, I chose Randy Moss. Now I know this is kind of an easy choice and everything, but Randy Moss in his prime when he played with the New England Patriots specifically. Now I can say that you know part of these numbers did come from Tom Brady. A lot of these numbers came from Tom Brady, but he ended that season in 2007 with 111 receptions, 1,632 receiving yards, and 23 touchdowns. Uh, in my honest take, like I said, I'm an Alabama fan, so obviously I've been watching the Patriots. I like Damon Harris. I like Matt Jones. I think the one thing that the Patriots is missing is an alpha wide receiver. Uh, I think that they fell short a couple years ago when they drafted Nikhil Harry. Look what that's turned out to be. Uh, I think Jacoby Myers, honestly, is a really good wide receiver who can't find the end zone. Uh, John o. Smith and Hunter Henry are really, really good tight ends. But I think the one thing that they're missing is that possession wide receiver, somebody that Matt Jones can trust and just throw the ball up to and let the other person do the work. You know, Matt Jones is a great, great game manager, but he needs that person that's going to make those plays for him. BJ, I got one. I got one comment though. What's that? That year when they went eleven and zero, or was it? No, excuse me, when they went sixteen and zero. I don't know where I got eleven and zero from. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you realize this, but there wasn't many short passes. They were all bombs. Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know if I don't know if he really fits that team. To be honest with you, well, right now. when you look I'm at- sitting here saying, not sitting here saying he doesn't have the talent or his ability to come back and get it. I'm just saying at that point. At that point, he's probably closer to the end of his career. But if you take him when he played for the Patriots, you put Randy Moss in his prime. It was <sighs> he could Matt do it Jones, all. Though? 
Well, I ain't no, I mean, it. People it hate... goes back to Jimmy Graham. I mean, you just throw it close to him. He was going up and get Yeah, it. I can see that. <clears throat> Let me just get on my soapbox real quick, man. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I want to people, people hate on Matt Jones. And I, I don't I, hate on. I like him. No, 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 I, I get just, it. I know. Yeah, but yeah. that's that's the thing. Over the past year, when the when the combine, uh, I don't think the combine happened this past year, but whenever that was getting leading up to the draft and stuff, that's one thing that people kept saying was that Mac Jones does not have that deep throw ability like Tua did in college, like Jalen Hurts did, things like that. But dude, I watched a lot of Alabama games last year. Every single one of them that I could. Matt Jones can throw the deep ball. Uh, you look at his passes to Devontae Smith, especially after Jalen Waddle went down, and a lot of Devontae Smith's touchdowns whenever he was uh, a junior at Alabama came from Matt Jones' deep balls, and uh, a lot of them, a lot of them were nice passes. And so I think he's got the ability. Sure, does he do that a lot? No, but then again, it may just be scheme as well. You know? Yeah, I, I was about I to say the scheme's you. not fit. I don't know. I just don't know if the schemes really. A lot a good of those fit. times, BJ, it was because they were seven men in the box, and uh, he was twenty <laughs> yards away from the closest cornerback. Yeah, they're trying to stop Najee Harris. Oh man, I, yeah, yeah. That that dude. I think I think he's going to probably be top two or three running back for the next five or six years in the in the NFL. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm anxious to see what those rankings look like next year. Yeah, I think Najee goes uh, running back wise. He'll he'll be right there behind McCaffrey in in dynasty. And if McCaffrey don't stay healthy, I don't know that I wouldn't rather have Najee, especially with him catching the ball out of the backfield like he is. Has Najee ever had any injury concerns? Have we heard of? Not not much, man. Uh, I followed him all throughout Alabama, and I want to say he may have missed one or two games, but I don't even remember it honestly. Uh, you know who that reminds me of? Hey, Sa- Saquon Barkley. <laughs> yeah, shut up, shut up, man! Don't you put that on here? Don't you, don't you put that evil here? I've got Saquon. I've got, I've got, I've got I'm not, Trent Richardson. No, I'm not going to oh, say Trent. No, shut no, up! No, don't no, say Eddie Lacy. Trent, Trent. Did you have I, quads like Trent Richardson? <laughs> I sold, I sold my entire team one year when he got oh, traded. Man. man, that I think I went like, I think I. I don't I think I had two wins that year in my fantasy team because I give up. I was like, man, this dude's going to the Colts. He's just yeah. to be a beast. Yeah, we was. I traded him to you. You did. Yeah. And, and then I, I got that. I got backlash, like, oh, well, why did you trade him when he's going to the Colts and stuff? And then look look what happened that season. Yeah, that was the worst year I ever had in the church league. Oh man. <laughs> I think fun, I changed the, I changed the name of my team that year to the running back retirement home. I remember that. It was bad. I did. I do have some honorable mentions. I like Andre Johnson with the uh, Houston Texans. They could use yeah. an alpha receiver. Uh, I, I even think prime Wes Welker would maybe yeah. fit fit maybe with New England and their yeah. scheme a little bit more. That's a good one. Uh, or Andre Johnson with the uh, MMA. He yeah, up on Brian, old. Brian Finneran. You come back <laughs> over here, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Look that up, son. Whooped him, son. Look at uh, me, Brian Finner. Yeah. Oh, Brian Finner was a punk, man. You look at him, he was a straight, you know, G son back in the back in the football days for Tennessee. Wearing that bandana and stuff. I think what we really need to say is Tom Brady with the Patriots. Let's let's do that. You put Tom back on his prime. No, you just talked up Mac Jones. I'm joking. No, I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> what is what is this guy here? Brett Brett man, Favre with the Vikings. Oh. I don't know if that got, was his prime though. Did you did you see No, I'm talking about Dennis Prime. Oh, yeah. Look, I know I know we're going off the rails, but did you watch the Manning 
the Manning broadcast last night? Parts of it. Yeah. Did yeah. you see where uh, Marshawn Lynch was on? Yes. Yeah. Did you hear what he said he done before every game? A shot and a he half of Hennessy. Shot of Hennessy. He took a shot and a half of Hennessy before yeah, he, every game. He, he, said, he said, I'm Ben, I'm retired tonight. He said, I took a shot three. for me, one for you, Peyton, and one for Eli. <laughs> he said he took three shots. I saw that. He's like, well, for you, Eli, well, for Man, you, what, Peyton. What about Marshawn Lynch back on Seattle with the struggles they have in the running back? Oh, oh that that's a, a good, good one. one. Dude, Beast Mode, he was, he was a pillar of running backs for years. Yeah. Uh, Frank Gore was one of those guys you could always pick yep. in the top for in the first round. Uh, I was trying to think my first year I was playing fantasy, Deuce McAllister was a thing. I yeah. remember Deuce McAllister yeah. being a being a I know you're being a big Ole Miss fan. Yeah, is Deuce, was Deuce, Deuce was Deuce loose. a good running back? Was Deuce a good running back in the NFL? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. I was wondering, yeah, I mean, to be as big as he was, the dude weighed like 260, like was he was bad overweight. <laughs> Was he better than Mark Ingram? I think so. Really? Woo. Yeah, I mean, Deuce went to go play for Tennessee and then the uh, Chiefs, didn't he? Mm, yep. No, I know no, he played. You're for... thinking of Dexter McCluster. You know, same person. Oh, man. No, Deuce, what about I Dexter? Think, I think Deuce played all his whole career for the Saints. The Saints. Hey, yeah. I heard yeah, Deuce Dexter got McCluster a one. I heard Deuce has got a fantastic restaurant in South Mississippi. That's what they say. Yeah. yeah, they said it's hard to get in the Deuce's uh, restaurant. Yeah, he had to do that after he opened the Mercedes dealership, and I think uh, where was that? Was that New Orleans? He opened it and had the fire bankrupt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's say the uh, the car dealership didn't work out too well for him. <laughs> <for old dudes. laughs> that guys. business was on the loose. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got one minute and ten seconds before this Zoom call kicks out. So, real quick, I want to thank our listeners once again for the support this past couple of weeks. Uh, we're able to grow our audience each and every week. I want to take this time to thank Ben. Anyway, we would just like to thank our listeners this week. Uh, <laughs> yeah, thank, th- thank y'all for listening. BJ, BJ has left us. Oh, uh, I think he's man. celebrating the, the Braves almost coming to a, to a victory here. If we're still recording, um, <laughs> just follow us on LOL. <laughs> LOL Dynasty. Laugh Fight Out Loud Network. Yeah, follow us there. Give us an honest five-star review. Uh, go check out the Plywood Radio podcast. Go check out the Jab Step Dynasty Basketball Dynasty Fantasy Basketball podcast. Come to the Basilia Baptist uh, Reformed Baptist Church if you get an opportunity. Come hear some good teaching. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So and prepare uh, to give up your child for Patrick Mahomes. And I'm here. I'm Ben, and with me is Marcus, and we are out. Thank you for all listening, and we will see you next time. <laughs>